0: Damn it, how long have we been doing
1: this show? You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody! It's the Wrestling Life. It's episode one seventy-two. It is September twenty-six, two thousand
2: eighteen. I'm Ethan, and
1: I'm Liam. Liam, so much to talk about,
2: and so many things we can't talk about. How you doing? You know, it's uh it's an it's an all right week for me. It's been a uh, it's been there. Nothing nothing bad's happened in wrestling. Nothing too <laughs> bad has happened in wrestling this week. So. There's not that layer of depression that has uh, plagued our show for several weeks this year.
1: Racist Uncle Terry uh, being considered for the Saudi Arabia show.
2: I mean, yeah. If you want to, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Sorry about
1: that. Uh, Crown Jewel. What a name for a show.
2: Hmm. I I don't know, man. <laughs> You want to start there. You want to start with uh, yeah, with let's,
1: Terry? Yeah, let, let's just start there, uh, Uncle Terry Hulk Hogan, <laughs> Terry. A lot, a lot of well, usually where there's smoke, there's fire, and uh, he and others have mentioned that he may be at the Saudi Arabia show, uh, at the beginning of November, and I guess the Saudi sports minister tweeted out a photo of Hulk Hogan, which is usually <laughs> a pretty good idea that. You know, something's going on there. So, you know, I don't begrudge anyone chance to make a living, but I don't think there's anything anywhere that says that we have to let Hulk Hogan back in our lives in 2018. And just when I was getting ready to, Uh he's, like, demonstrated that he has absolutely no idea that what he said was extremely racist and offensive and problematic and is call- has called on uh, uh, other wrestlers to uh, forgive him or just excuse what he said as, you know, he's part of the brotherhood. <laughs> like, right.
2: what? what? Those young wrestlers just don't understand that you're supposed to excuse uh, that kind of stuff, I guess.
1: He's a 65-year-old man from... Uh, from the south, in a different era, <laughs> and a d- different era, but that doesn't mean that we should. I feel like these Saudi Arabia shows exist in a vacuum, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course, Sean, of course, Shawn Michaels still wrestles. <laughs> of course, The Undertaker and Kane still wrestle. Yeah, they. <laughs> of course, of course, Brock's coming back to pick up a seven-figure paycheck for one night. Like, what? What? The, what is going on? <laughs>
2: It's a lot of question. Um, yeah, no, it it is kind of. It does feel like I don't know, like you're playing the video game and you just turn you turned legends on or something. <laughs> yeah. So you just have like random matches with you know guys from different eras. Just they're just all on the show together. Um, it's 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 kind of strange. I mean, as far as what you said, I think you touched on it there. Uh, if someone is uh genuinely sorry for the things they did or said and show that they are. Uh, I am not someone that says they can never, ever show their face in public again still. Obviously, forgiveness and redemption are important, but there's two things. One, uh, as you mentioned, he he hasn't. He's learned less than nothing. (laughs) And the second... Is that just because you can be forgiven, but that doesn't mean you get to come back and be like a celebrity? You know, the version of like this guy had his life ruined for a white male celebrity is generally like their talk show got put on hold for a few months <laughs> and then they came back and did more of it. Like, or he, what well, guy didn't get to do stand up comedy for three months and then just came back. Like that's that's ruining your life or, you know, maybe won't get to be a Supreme Court justice. (laughs) That's that's ruining somebody's life. You know, whereas the other ruining his life is maybe like a person who looked up to somebody who then heard that they were a racist or, you know, a woman who was assaulted by a man who is, you know, had had his life ruined by people pointing out or exposing the terrible things that they have said and done. So I'm never going to feel any empathy and I don't think just because you even if you are sorry I don't necessarily know that that means you should get to still be like a famous guy living living and making millions of dollars There needs to be consequences when people do bad things it Doesn't mean you never forgive them but it does mean things shouldn't just go right back to where they were cuz those aren't consequences that's just excusing it
1: Sure yeah, that all makes sense. Uh, so, Crown Jewel, um, good lord, they're promoting a lot of shows at once. Yeah, the Super Showdown is next weekend. First of all, who do you think came up with that name?
2: I, I, I like they call. Like, they, don't they always call like the like they used to call the the Raw and SmackDown joint house shows Super Shows? So I don't know. Someone just said that, and they're like, "Well, we can't just call it Super Show, so because we got to brand it." And it's like super showdown. That's that's what I imagine the the conversation was like.
1: Why do you think it's hyphenated?
2: Uh, I people don't <laughs> people don't understand how hyphens work. I guess.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably right. How about uh, have you heard the famous uh, Bruce Prichard story that Vince McMahon, when brainstorming names for the original WrestleMania, allegedly wanted to call it the colossal tussle <laughs>
2: <laughs> no i never heard that
1: and howard finkel uh reportedly came up with wrestlemania obviously which is infinitely better but right. somehow i at least once a day i think about the colossal tussle
2: <laughs> it's just another like piece of ammo in that vince maybe wasn't like a genius <laughs> yeah. and maybe he was just lucky <laughs>
1: Maybe he was just in the New York market, <laughs> yeah, and had and had Hulk Hogan,
2: <laughs> and yeah, and was at that point not so stubborn that he wouldn't listen to better ideas than his own. Yeah, yeah, I think I think there's a lot to that theory.
1: <laughs> so the colossal tussle is <laughs> next Saturday for uh-huh. Australia. I guess my takeaway after WWE television this week is: Are they actually going to put the Iconics over Oscar and Naomi on that show? Um.
2: I mean who cares, right? Like Oscar's dead and <laughs> it's just that's that's my new response to everything you're going to ask me. I'm just going to say, who well, who cares? Um, All right. No. no, that's not that's not what we do here. We're, we're we're trying to be positive. Gee, damn it. And uh no, I could see it cuz it's it's a hometown crowd on the other hand uh I mean, yeah, cuz they're the Australia. I mean, I guess Buddy Murphy is also wrestling on the show and he's Australian, so. Oof. You get you get one hometown to win and the other hometown people job. That's that's my that's my bold prediction.
1: All right, that makes sense. It really feels like a glorified house show.
2: Yeah, I mean, especially when you know the Saudi show is coming in uh, you know, another 4 weeks after that or whatever. It's yeah, it kind of just feels like Uh, not enough like it's i mean obviously hunter and triple h is significant because i guess it's their last singles match ever but you already know that that's not the end because they're going to do a tag match which is obviously a much bigger and more interesting match um and then the rest of the show it's like okay aj and joe again and a shield six man with the guys they've all, they've all wrestled like individually over the last three months. So it's not like you're getting really a new match uh, with that. So yeah, it's, it does kind of look like it looks like it's about the card for super showdown. is kind of like one of those Madison square garden house shows they run where like yeah. it's bigger than your average house show, but it's still a house show.
1: Yes. Concur. Um most of the Raw women's division has been injured this summer at some point. Mickey James missed some by Bree
2: Bella mostly.
1: <laughs> oh boy. Uh Liv Morgan suffered a concussion on Raw this week. Bree has taken a lot of flack. I'm not sure that it's necessarily fair to blame well. You could probably assign there's some- a lot of blame. You can you can probably assign some blame to uh Breezy. But I'm Tyler Breeze. No, 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 not Tyler Breeze. (laughs)
2: That's what Fandango calls him. He calls him Breezy. Does he?
1: I didn't know that. (laughs) I remember being at the uh, the Dolph Ziggler improv show and (laughs) saying to my wife, uh, as Tyler Breeze walked past us, that was either Tyler Breeze or a hot chick. He has very high cheekbones. Mm. Uh, anyway, so Liv, poor Liv Morgan got concussed. Liv probably shouldn't be in the ring at all, but uh, she's just not very good. Um, she at least shouldn't be wrestling on television at this stage of the game. I think she, she was won- like the
2: second best wrestler in that match. so I don't know what you're talking about.
1: I mean, she's definitely improved, and she definitely works hard at improving. She's like at the performance center all the time. Um. So and I think she has the desire to get better, but that doesn't necessarily mean like with oh, Sarah Logan say it doesn't mean that she should be wrestling on, you know, Monday Night Raw every week. But anyway, she got kicked twice right in the head. The one kick seemed to daze her and then the second kick just knocked her out. And the referee, by the way, is the same referee that needs Sasha Banks in the head and gave her a concussion uh, (laughs) two years ago just kind of stood there twiddling his thumbs while they dragged poor Liv by her head to the corner after they did a near fall. Yeah. How did this happen? And, uh, you know, how much of this do you put on
2: Bree? Bree's had a lot of stuff like this happen on this current run here. She bloodied up the Miz at the uh, Hell in a Cell show. Uh, she also potatoed him on a SmackDown at least once. She also kneed Zelina Vega right in the freaking face on SmackDown like two weeks ago.
1: I would just like to point out though that her potatoing Miz was like the greatest thing I've seen in wrestling. Well, in it months.
2: was. I'm not going to deny it. It was real. That first one where the <laughs> where she first came down and just punched Miz right in the face. It was it was pretty great. It was pretty darn great. <laughs> and I like Rebella, so I'm not. I think there's also a thing. That seems to, and I'm gonna get in trouble here, but it's fine, nobody listens. Um, with women's wrestling in particular, where when you criticize them uh, for being bad wrestlers, you are somehow insulting their character or their work ethic. Um, not the case. I like Brie Bella. I think she like as a character, as a babyface, I really like her. Like I like the pairing of her and Brian on TV together. I think that works really well. So just want to get out get out of the way. Like Brie Bella, no no ill will towards her, but uh, she shouldn't be allowed to be a wrestler no more. Because she she just keeps hurting people. Everyone she has done any sort of physical altercation with on this run, she has hurt or injured or stiffed. Like it's bad and she shouldn't be in the ring.
1: I mean um she, she almost hurt herself too. I mean
2: true. That's another good point. Um but in this case, yes, she was careless and she kicked a girl in the face twice. However, as you mentioned, the ref stood there, did nothing. The doctor, who was checking on Liv while she was out of the ring, then apparently allowed Liv to get back into the ring to do a suplex spot. Um,
1: That's the underrated, phenomenally stupid part of this whole story.
2: Yeah. And like, so the doctor's got some blame there. Uh, the ref got somebody also the rest wear earpieces. There's a very famous match in like 2013 on a raw where Daniel Bryan got a stinger and it was a match with Orton where he was going to win. And uh, the match got stopped because he got a stinger and he was furious. And he and triple H got in a big fight backstage. It's well documented. But the point was Hunter said, I wish someone had stopped the match when I tore my quad and I kept wrestling. Cause I could have, you know, ended my career I, so I have to be the guy now who says, "Don't do what I did." And so where where was Hunter, or, or where was whoever is you know in Hunter's spot on Raw currently to get in that ref's earpiece and say, "Stop the match. She's out. she's unconscious." Even if you just go to a commercial and then you restart the match as three on two, or you or you just make it a two on two match, so the you know the babyfaces don't have an advantage. Whatever you have to do if you're so intent on this Bella Twins and Natalia versus Riot Squad match having to go 12 minutes, uh, just stop the match there and restart. go to a commercial, get live out of there, restart the match. That's all you had to do. That's all you had to do. But they didn't. Everybody just stood there and looked at each other. And then, yeah, watching... And then later in the match, they were trying to do some weird slingshot thing and Brie elbowed Ruby Riot right in the frickin' face. And... Ruby Wright looked like she was going to kill her. It was that was maybe my favorite part of the whole thing, but uh, yeah, uh, it was it was bad. It was just bad. It was a bad night at the office, so to speak. But yeah, I would put as much, if not more, blame on the doctor and the ref for not like immediately stopping the match because it was very very obvious that she was she was out. So I don't know. Yeah, Bree shouldn't wrestle no more, but also that ref probably shouldn't be a ref no more and whoever makes the decisions, who tells the ref in the earpiece, "Hey, stop the match right now, somebody's unconscious." They should also be fired. Like a lot of people should probably not be doing the jobs they're currently doing anymore.
1: That that ref is a Baltimore guy, did you know that? I did not. Uh I don't don't press me for further details, but
2: <laughs> he's from Baltimore.
1: <laughs> Um,
2: good family man, yeah.
1: He's a family guy. <laughs> um, so Raw this week was built around a show long storyline about whether or not Dean would turn on the shield or Drew would turn on McIntyre and Strowman. What did you think of Raw?
2: Um, what I saw of it, I thought it was fine. Um, <laughs> that's, that's Raw's kind of settled into a groove, it's not like really mind numbingly bad or boring like it was uh for a while in, in like the late spring, early summer, but it is just kind of there every week and we're kind of spinning our wheels because as you mentioned, we're promoting three shows at once. So uh I mean the the Dean and Drew stuff that's like a story at least. Like there's some intrigue built into their their tag matches, I guess. That's that's something, right?
1: Yeah. I I liked it if only for that reason, because nothing happens on, on that show every single week. And, you know, I just, I get, you know, I, I flip, flip over to Monday, Monday night football. And then I flip back. And the first thing I see is Baron Corbin out there taking bumps in his slacks every week. And it's just like, <laughs> or Baron Corbin cutting a promo. And it's like, both of those things are huge turnoffs.
2: <laughs> Not just for um, you for most of uh. Based on the ratings last two weeks, it's not just you who feels that way.
1: I wanted to talk about that a little bit and just say that I think people underestimate the the, the effect that Monday Night Football had on the rating this week. The Steelers are, you know, a national team. There's sure. like, like with the Cowboys or the Packers, or there's like you know a handful of those teams that have fans all over the country. The Steelers are a big draw, and I feel like that Monday Night Football hurt the raw rating. And people just look and say, "Oh, it's the lowest rating ever." It's like, well, it's not a good rating, but I feel like there, are, you know, is a little bit more to it than anyone discussed.
2: That's fair. But the week before was also super low when they announced that Baron was going to be wrestling in the main event. When the sh- so back-to-back weeks shows shows bookended by Baron Corbin are not doing well in the ratings.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> yep. What? Do you- why is he bumping in
2: slacks? I I mentioned this on the show. I really think it must be like a comedy thing.
1: <laughs> but it's for not Vince. Fu- it's like not funny. It's just terrible. Most
2: of the things Vince McMahon thinks are funny are not funny. So like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's because Big Boss Man's dead and Sergeant Slaughter's too old. <laughs> so he needs a new security enforcer guy, corporate <laughs> enforcer, to rest to wrestle around in street clothes every week. I don't know.
1: <laughs> All right.
2: Uh one Kane's a mayor, so we're <laughs> down to...
1: All of Vince's guys are old.
2: Yes, they're either old or mayors now. We're, or so... we're dead. Or we're dead. So, yeah, now we're just going to have a bunch of new big tall lugs who will be the corporate stooges for the next, you know. Baron Corbin's going to be on TV for the next 25 years. I just want you to remember that. Gosh. Big Cass is going to come back too. By the way,
1: oh, of course he is.
2: <laughs> He's going to get himself a new physique. He'll be back in a year. Yeah, and he'll be programmed with Roman Reigns.
1: It stings because you're right.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's. I rarely am ever wrong. That's <laughs> it's my gift and my curse. My humility is my other my other big curse.
1: It's one of the things you're most known for. Yes, uh, it's one of your greatest qualities. Um, AOP who are no longer the authors of Pain because we have to make everything weird <laughs> <laughs> and the Revival I thought they both looked good on Raw this week what do you think?
2: Yeah um, it was funny because I was kind of joking on Twitter before the match it's like oh the Revival finally like climb out from under the rocks they've been under since they were you know beat up and lost their tag title shot and oh they get to come out and just lose but to be fair they were given a lot more than I expected uh, in the match with Drew and Dolph, and that was a really good tag match. Um, yeah, you know, long term, it's always tough with this tag team stuff when they put the tag titles on main eventers because it never elevates. Like that's always the thing people say is like, oh well, now top guys have the tag belts, so like the tag belts will be more important once they lose them, and they never are because then they just go back to regular tag teams, and and you know Vince loses interest, but. Uh, you know, at least yeah, they didn't they didn't get squashed in the way like I don't know, I seem to remember like Randy Orton and Batista squashing the Usos who were the tag champs a couple times during that last Evolution run, so they at least got to look like a threat to the big bad main eventers who are wrestling the Shield. Um,
1: the the thing too there is that when the main eventers lose the tag titles, it's never like cl- one two three clean in the middle. It's like yeah a roll up or the partners turn on each other. And, you know, it's like, it'd be one thing if the, if the, you know, the up and coming tag team that eventually takes the belts off the main eventers got a, got a real win, but they never get a real win.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Like when DX was, were champions and I I
1: rolled up Shawn Michaels.
2: Yes. (laughs) And then the hearts won the tag titles from there. And immediately it's like, all right, go wrestle crime time for six months or whatever. Was, um,
1: I seem to remember the Heart Found the new Heart Foundation, the fifty-fifth iteration of the Heart Foundation. I think Sean like actually put them over.
2: Depends <laughs> on what you consider putting over. They did a match on a Christmas SmackDown where DX won, but they did give them a lot.
1: I see. <laughs> Jeff was...
2: Hardy put the Heart Dynasty over clean in a handicap match on his way out.
1: Jeez. Chad Gable lost to Connor this week. Of you the know, ascension.
2: You know, fool me. It's like, it's like our 43rd president said, I'm gonna go commit war crimes. I mean, uh Oof. fool me once, and it's my fault, and fool me, fool me again. It's like last week <laughs> on this show, I, I was talking about how like, hey, they're doing something with Chad Gable. That's cool. Even though I know it's this minor little story, hey, they're gonna do something with them, or maybe they'll just break him and Bobby Roode up, and and they'll feud. But hey, they're doing something with him, <laughs> and then he lost in like ninety seconds to Connor. Oh, the, the Ascension man.
1: won like it's well documented. The Ascension won like one match on television last year.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it was on like main event. <laughs> like they it's... did,
1: they did get a SmackDown when I remember because then they were gonna challenge for the SmackDown tag titles like the next week but oh, okay. <laughs> they got exactly one win to set that up
2: that sounds about right but uh yeah so fool me once and all that um it's just I I thought hey man they're gonna they're at least gonna see this through and even at the end if it's just like a guy for Bob Rude to beat at least they did something with Chad Gable for a while and it's like no they're just like a dork tag team and they're gonna be a team, and they're gonna trade wins with the Ascension, and then they're gonna they'll break them up. And Bob Roode will will beat Chad Gable on Raw clean in like six minutes, and then Chad Gable will be back to to uh main event and uh, main event the show, not the main event of, show, of Raw. And uh, yeah, so uh, Chad Gable should quit. Just gonna just gonna throw that out there.
1: Yep, Chad Gable should quit. Finn Balor should quit. Kevin Owens should quit. Who else should quit?
2: Um, ah, uh, that's those are the big three on um on the quit list this week, I think. But uh,
1: Ty Dillinger, I, like Ty I don't, Dil- I don't care after you know the rape jokes uh, surfaced. I don't really give a crap about Ty Dillinger, brother. He's mark.
2: getting the rub. He's going to be in a feud with Randy Orton.
1: He should, he should quit though.
2: Ka- by the way, while I'm just mentioning this, because I don't think we're gonna talk about Randy Orton much else, I hate that back suplex he does where he just drops the guy on the announcer table. Because oh, yeah, like every time the guy lands weird on it, because the only way that would work is that if Orton took like took a back bump with them to protect them, and he doesn't because he doesn't want to take the bump, so he just th- picks the guy up like a back suplex and then just throws him off his shoulder. And the guys always land dangerously, and I friggin' hate it. And it feels like no, like just nobody, like people are too busy talking about whether or not Randy Orton is boring or not. Talk about how maybe he's kind of like an unsafe dick.
1: (laughs) He's all right. He's depending on your your point of view. He's either phenomenally lazy or phenomenally smart when it comes to when it comes to not taking bumps, (laughs) like. Like almost unlike anyone I've ever seen before. <laughs> he, he figures out a way not to take bumps.
2: <laughs> and that's and I don't begrudge a guy for that, except for when you're doing a move where you gotta take a bump to protect the other guy. You're well, not doing that it makes you a dick.
1: That that's a fair point. And another point, uh kind of tangentially related to that, is that the good thing usually about table bumps is that it seems more devastating than if you were to just suplex the guy on the floor or something. But in actuality, because the table is breaking your fall, it's actually kind of safer to take a bump on the table, and nobody ever thinks about that. But when you're thrown on top of, you know, they don't clear the table off, and you're just, you know, you're landing awkwardly on that, that lip they put on the thing, or you're landing on a monitor, or... Whatever. I would almost rather take the suplex on the floor, but then that would involve Randy taking a bump on the floor.
2: Right. So,
1: so just, just a
2: little aside there. About...
1: So that's not going to happen. Um, Smackdown this week, the first half hour of the show. So R-Truth and The Miz. <laughs> and, <laughs> and there were a couple of little nuggets of gold in that R-Truth, Carmella, Daniel Bryan opening segment that went like 25 minutes um, but not 25 minutes
2: worth <laughs> yeah i mean isn't that just the story of wwe comedy even when it's good it's too long yes
1: why why like they have two out. Hours- oh gosh this is look i i think road Ah, oh, i don't want to i don't want to hashtag fire road dog but <laughs> the first hour of that show nothing happened. It was Miz and R-Truth for 30 minutes, one minute of Becky, and then 20 minutes of something else that I've already forgotten.
2: Big E and Sheamus, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. And you knew that was coming because Big E said that Sheamus used to be a jerk when he would come down to FCW. So you knew, if you were paying attention to the news at all this week, you knew that Sheamus was going to beat Big E.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But... It's it's yeah I mean it's it's paint it's one thing you just do like paint by the numbers because you you're in like you don't really have like because because the show they're promoting is really just a glorified house show, and I guess the big thing was the very preposterous Samoa Joe AJ thing at the end of the show. Yes, but everything else on the show and they did actually kind of shoot an angle with Lana and Aiden English and Rusev.
1: Yes, so those Milwaukee. are
2: yes there are two things. That they did in two hours that seem like they're actually are like at least interesting. Doesn't mean they were necessarily good, but they were interesting. Everything else on this show is dudes treading water and saying the same things they say every week because everybody's got a feud for six months straight. It's like there's nothing it's like as much as I think people enjoy, like I've enjoyed most of the Ms. Bryan feud, but like, man, I really hope this is it now at the Super Showdown show. But it's a house show. So they'll probably wrestle again in Saudi Arabia.
1: So without question, the best thing going in WWE today is Becky Lynch. And Mm. um, the crowd was uh, cheering wildly as the announcers were talking in hushed tones about how dastardly Becky was for beating up Charlotte Flair backstage. And, then in the Biggie and Sheamus match, the crowd was chanting, We want Becky. So then they turned the crowd off. They <laughs> turned the, the crowd mic off. Um, and then, as you mentioned, they did a, an angle with Lana and Rusev and Aiden English. And then in the very next segment, Lana was just out there doing a match with Becky and losing and not looking very good in the process. Um, couldn't we have had somebody else lose to Becky there? Like, does it take that much imagination to think, huh? Well, Lana's got this other angle going on, so maybe we shouldn't make her look like a total doofus.
2: There's only six women on the show, <laughs> and Asuka and uh, Naomi were already wrestling on the show.
1: I, I don't know, man. I give up.
2: There's like three baby faced women on the show, and they were all they were all other all of them were booked, so had to be Lana.
1: I thought Graves was actually pretty good on SmackDown. Usually he's on my nerves now, but I thought Graves was good.
2: We're talking about SmackDown and Graves specifically. Uh, During the the very long uh, R-Truth-Miz match, after the very long (laughs) R-Truth-Miz talking segment, uh, Daniel Bryan was on commentary, and he did a thing that I haven't heard anyone do in so long that it, it caught me off guard, and that is he called the heel commentator out when he was very clearly lying or stretching the truth or, you know, conveniently doing things heel commentators should do when they have a foil on the other side that will call them out. And, 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 and not like Byron Saxon or Renee Young, where they just go, Oh, come on, Corey. And then that's it. And then Corey goes on and on for another five minutes. It's like, no, he cut him off and pointed out. He's like, He's like why well, I haven't seen Miz cheat once tonight, and Byron says nothing, and Brian's like he just draped the guy's neck over the ropes, and then he's like, and then he talks about how oh these are the it kicks. He goes, yeah, I can see why you would think that unless you don't understand if you don't understand the concept of time, and then it's like it's like he's like yeah he's ribbing him back, and he's like he's giving it back to him and pointing out that yes the heel commentator is supposed to be somewhat of a you know a sneaky you know b- buffoon to an extent if you do it the way he. Heenan do it um and that there should be a babyface announcer on the other side who repeatedly points out what he's saying is dumb or what he's saying is not true or not the full truth like that's that was and that was just very refreshing to me to have someone actually do that so you're
1: saying daniel bryan is better at color commentary than byron saxton
2: daniel bryan's better at everything in wrestling than most people who do that. Like, I think he'd be a better he's a better ref, he's a better commentator, he'd probably be a better ring announcer. Um, he was he was a great commentator on uh on that Saturday morning show they did for a while when he wouldn't shut up about bears. Yes. Um it's one of my favorite clips ever in wrestling. Um but yes, so yeah, I think Daniel Bryan is kind of we we've I think we've talked about that before with Shawn Michaels, how Sean was just whatever you told him to do, he'd just be great at it. I yeah. think Brian's one of those guys too.
1: Uh Shinsuke Nakamura is the uh, president of the United States of Nakamura or whatever, and the United States champion, and yet he's just there as a backdrop for Randy Orton versus Ty Dillinger's feud. It was another uh, takeaway I had from SmackDown. That doesn't make a bit of sense.
2: Well, it's like, it feels to me like they gave him the belt uh, so that they have like a built-in comeback. Road Dog has a built-in comeback for when people go, why aren't you doing anything with Nakamura? He goes, he's the U.S. champion. Like, that's, that's it, though. Like So sure. he just, he shows up, he wrestles for like, he and Rusev had a really good match on SmackDown last week, too. Um, like, one of Nakamura's better matches that he's had in WWE. And I was like, man, really, that was really fun. I'd like to see more of that. And it's like this week he wrestled Ty Dillinger for three minutes, and then he still has no like. Where I guess they could put him with Truth. Like I like I'm, but that's how it feels like. It's a bit of an unoriginal thing. And they have guys like I don't know Shelton Benjamin's not doing anything. You could put him with Nakamura. <laughs> like I mean, it's the year two thousand five, right? And <laughs> um. I don't know. So many guys doing nothing, but especially with Nakamura, as we've mentioned before, being paid a lot of money, and you put the belt, you put the the secondary title on him because you weren't ever going to give him the world title, and he's just he's just doing nothing. He's lower than Ty Dillinger on the totem pole currently.
1: Can you? We were talking a little bit about this offline, but can you imagine having the talent roster that that company has assembled and not doing anything with it? Like Keith Le- Keith Lee is losing on NXT house shows. And like I'm not losing my mind about that. He's going to be a star. But you got Keith Lee, Adam Cole, Tony Storm, Kyrie Sane, uh, Johnny Gargano,
2: uh, is yeah. Short. Yeah.
1: well yeah that, that's true too but you got all these guys and there's just nothing happening
2: it's it's, it's, it's we again this is me kind of paraphrasing what, I, what we said off there they have a bunch of main event talent in NXT that are going to come up to the main roster and be mid card at best and they have a bunch of talent that would be good mid card talent that are going to be jobbers or tag team guys like that's how it, like everyone's going to be like at least one or two rungs lower than what their potential probably is in this company.
1: So let's uh, do a quick check in on your uh, prediction or sorry, you don't give predictions. You give spoilers. Correct. But is uh, Charlotte still going to beat Becky at the evolution show to uh, break Trisha's record?
2: Um, I'm a little hesitant now it's going to depend on how long we think Ronda is staying for.
1: Hmm. If
2: Ronda's in for like at least another year and they have plenty of time to do, then I think they're probably going to wait to do Charlotte versus Ronda. And this is also assuming survivor series is raw versus SmackDown again this year. I don't think they've actually said that at all on TV because they never do until, you know, it's time to build survivor series. Right. The brand split exists for, you know, the brand rivalry exists for three weeks out of the year. Um but assuming that I could see them keeping the title on Becky just because they don't want to do Rhonda and Charlotte at Survivor Series. Um but there's still that part of me, it's like it's the first ever women's show, and they need a big headline coming out of that show, and they want to have a moment that they're gonna replay ad nauseum forever as the you know the big moments from this first ever all women's show it's like charlotte breaking that record eh, i don't know i i'm i guess i'm less confident than i was when i made the prediction and if and if ronda is out after next year's wrestlemania then maybe they'll you know maybe they should just get it out of the way and then do whatever they're going to do at wrestlemania but so i guess i'm a little less confident than i was but at the end of the day I still feel like they want they want Charlotte to break that record and what better place to have her break it than the first ever all women's pay-per-view.
1: Your reasoning is sound. New Japan is doing a show in the United States this Sunday night. They announced the card Tuesday morning. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not a sellout, by the way. It's not like one of those things where they just announced they were coming and immediately sold out.
1: Yeah. I I think they... My, my original thought was they should run here every month. But seeing now that they're, you know, it's a little bit diminishing returns each time they come back. I feel like maybe like once or twice a year is actually kind of just about right.
2: Well, how much of it do you think is just they've come and they're, they're, it's on, you know, less than a month since All In. So people aren't going to travel for this. There's already been a couple shows here this year. So, so like the traveling fans are not there.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of it.
2: And also, this doesn't really feel like, I mean, if you looked at the card, God bless these guys, but like ACH and Jeff Cobb are wrestling on this show. Yeah. Like they seem to have this idea that because omega and the bucks are such big stars that means american fans will only really want to see like the the american new japan guys or 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 they got a mix in roh talent and it's like people want to like pe- like there's no minoru suzuki on this show like minoru suzuki got a, has gotten a giant reaction every time he's come to america people love that dude and he's one of You know, one of the faces of the Japanese side of New Japan pro wrestling, I think, for American fans, along with Okada and Tanahashi and and guys and Naito, obviously. So it's like, why? Like, why are I think there's something where, like, if you're going to pay to see a New Japan show, you want to see stuff you can't go see at an ROH show. And there's actually there was an interview done by Okada this week where he basically said that. Mm-hmm. And how he didn't like that Kenny versus Cody was the main event of the last one, because he felt like that's a match you can see other places. If mm-hmm. new Japan is coming to America, you should be seeing a match that you can only see in new Japan. And that makes a ton of sense to me. Cause I, if I'm paying to see new Japan, I want to see obviously Omega. It doesn't mean that Omega and the bucks or Cody or whoever juice Robinson, like not, that those guys aren't big stars or that they can't be in prominent angles if it makes sense. But you want the uh, the authentic presentation. You don't want a Americanized version of New Japan, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I don't understand why you don't do like. I'll tell you what, if if Minoru Suzuki was wrestling Kenny Omega on that show, I'd be on a plane. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. That would do it for me. Um, and it's and Suzuki's a guy that's kind of bulletproof, and they you know build him up. And he generally loses in the end because it's really hard to do long singles programs with him. Yeah. Uh, so why not build build a one off like that for a show like this? Is what I'm saying. Anyway.
2: Yeah. Like there's, and then they have a, a Cork and Hall show coming up like a week later, which I don't. Which I think Kenny's supposed to be wrestling for the title on that show, and they haven't announced like who that's going to be against. I guess people assume Ibushi i don't know i which you'd think you'd want to do more than a week build if you're doing kenny omega versus kota bushi for the WGP heavyweight championship but yeah i don't know man i just i just like to point out because i i would hate for us to ever be considered people that are too hard on wwe and not hard (laughs) on other promotions when they do silly stuff yeah um got no yeah this is this there's just stuff that they very simple stuff that I think they could adjust and that would help them if they were in fact interested in running more than one or two shows in America a year
1: makes sense uh you got anything else?
2: uh I think uh I think that's about it I think we've uh we've covered a lot of ground we've shared some laughs and
1: we've <laughs> we've had maybe that we, maybe we learned something too
2: maybe 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 just a, a thing or two and uh you know, that's that's all we can ask for here in this in this free-flowing discussion we have every week.
1: <laughs> so till next time I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we will be back very soon with more stories from the Wrestling Life. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life.
2: I don't know. I,
1: I don't know. Honda. The power of dreams. Dean Pelton, I know how susceptible you are to advertising. Would you say I'm a level seven susceptible? No, because why would I? Because that's moon man talk. You mentioned a new kid earlier who told you about the new Honda Fit? Rick. Britta's boyfriend? Yeah, but he's not. No. He's a good man. And?
2: He wouldn't secretly be working for Honda because when we first met, he was secretly working for a completely different company.
0: Are you? I don't know how to. I have a rule about being constructive, so I can't ask any questions right now, because all of the questions that I have right now are rhetorical, and they end with the word idiot. Do you know what
1: a rhetorical? No, of course you know what that is. You're an idiot. I'm sorry. I am so sorry, but you're so stupid. You have no idea, and you're the only one who has no idea. Because guess why? Don't answer that. You'll get it wrong. Also oh, dumb. You're just a dumb little man who tries to destroy this school every minute. I am sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, it's okay. I mean, it's not okay, but. <laughs> Shh, sh- 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 Oh,
0: so stupid. Oh, sh- 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 sh-. Such a dummy. i try to
2: keep on keeping on.